Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, September 13th. This is episode number 164. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today from the city of Detroit is my brother, Jeff. How are things going, Jeff? I'm uh, going good, Rod. I just want to clarify that, you know, I'm joining you from Detroit, but I'm not here permanently. It's, it's right. just a temporary gig. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in Detroit. Right. But, uh, no, great, great week one victory. Um, long overdue to get, get a win um, on the road in the first game of the season. And, man, everybody should be super happy right now. Man, it just it just feels wild. Um, yeah, it's really cool to to start off one and zero. I honestly don't remember the you know the last time they were one and zero. I mean, I know what year you know that it was what what seventeen eighteen years ago, but I don't remember right. that happening that season. Yeah. So, uh, so this is like a new feeling, definitely. Exactly. So uh, so our guest today here to help us uh, talk Browns and and to have some fun tonight is is Ryan Mosser, and you can follow Ryan at Dynasty Clee, C-L-E. Um, Ryan, how are things going? I'm doing awesome, man. Really glad to be here. Really glad. Grateful. It's, it's good to talk to you. It's been, uh, it's been a while since we've, uh, since we've caught up, like, like years. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's been, uh, since the pandemic, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been quite some time. So I'm really really uh, been looking forward to talking to you tonight. I'm talking some uh, some Browns and some other things, and um, you know just seeing how how things are going for you and all that. So um, so we we threw your Twitter handle out there. Let's let's get some uh, let's get some plugs out right away. Um, just give you a chance to plug anything oh. else that you want to plug. Yeah, great. Um, so I'm a professional photographer. My wife and I have been doing it for like six years since we've been married. Our anniversary is actually this Saturday, and we have a shoot a wedding, so that'll be fun. Happy anniversary, babe. Um, yeah. So I, if I could plug that, my website is monstermoments.com. Um, M-O-S-S-O-R moments. Uh, there might be a photography in there. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. So I forget. But uh, it's either monster moments or monster moments photography. But uh, yeah, I'll plug that. That's really cool. Thanks, Ron. Sure thing. Well, you have that listed on your on your Twitter account, right? So people can go there and there's a link to it. I All think, right. isn't there? Yes, a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. So they can do that. So um. So yeah. So uh, before we get into some Browns talk, there's a couple things that we like to talk about here and the first is our blitz beverages that's uh what we're drinking tonight and ryan you're the guest we uh we always let the guests go first so why don't you tell us about what you're drinking oh nice uh yeah so i have an it's called einstock uh it's an icelandic white ale it's um it's really really good actually i had it for the first time at epcot uh a couple of years ago and i could not find it for like you know, three or four years and uh finally found it somewhere that you know they distributed it but it's uh really good it's got hints of orange and coriander and it's made from uh like pure icelandic glacier water so i think bobby boucher's out there just make you know so it's a really really fantastic deal so i have a story about that beer my somebody got my father-in-law a six-pack of that 
um, probably okay. a year or two ago. Okay, and and he told me how good it was, and he and he drank several of them. There, there's one left sitting in his refrigerator. And whenever I go over there, he's always, you want a beer? Go get yourself a beer. And I've always wanted to take that beer, but I can't because it's his last one of those. So, so yeah, I've right. always wondered how good it was. So, so I appreciate your review, but I can't. It's, it's, yeah, I just, I know how much he likes it. So I'm like, I, I got to leave it for him. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I put out on Twitter that I'm drinking. I'll send Good. you one, so. You'll send me one? Okay. <laughs> I, I've never seen yeah, it in the store yeah, send me send but, No, uh, it's hard to find. Uh, I think my in-law is Cincinnati, so. Is that a Cincinnati? Okay. No, no, they, they found it in Jungle Gems in Cincinnati. I think the grocery store down there. So. I go to Jungle Gems. I just need to look forward to Jungle Gems. I'll have to do that next time I'm down there. So yeah, yeah it made me feel good. Um, so, anyways, guys, I am. Uh, I said I was reaching back in the in the fridge tonight to get something a little special out, and you guys might laugh, but I am drinking a Great Lakes Christmas ale in celebration of going one and zero. I got I had like two of these left from Christmas, and I was just gonna roll them over into next season, but I thought, you know what? This calls for a Great Lakes Christmas ale, so um, that's what I'm drinking, and I don't need to describe that because everybody knows what it is. <laughs> Choice. No, uh, oh boy. Yeah, no, uh, no reaction from the crowd. Okay. Um, <laughs> people listening might get a kick out of it. So, anyways, guys. Um, well, Ryan, Ryan, this is the part where we let you talk about your Browns fandom. So, uh, anything about the history of you as a Browns fan, or anything, uh, you know, memories or uh, favorite players, anything you want to share? So, I'm just going to turn it over to you and and let you talk about that. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, been a fan about 25 years. I'm 30. Uh, started really young. Um. My dad started watching the Browns because my uncles liked the Steelers, so he just wanted to refer to against them. So that's how my family started getting into it. Um, started going to games and stuff, and then obviously what happened when Art moved the team, I kind of lost track there for a minute. Got, got back in 99 and uh, haven't stopped, man. It's been diehard for, for a long time now. Um, favorite players? Other than Joe Thomas, I mean, 10,360-something, you know, consecutive snaps is historical. But uh, Josh Gordon Gordon is probably my favorite offensive player of all time. I mean, the back-to-back 200-yard games uh, in 2013, that that whole season was incredible with uh, over 1,500 yards, almost 10 touchdowns. It was remarkable. Best. It might be the best receiving season I've ever seen. Obviously, I'm a little biased, but... Yeah, I went to a couple of games that year, and it was remarkable. So, um, yeah. a couple of years ago, when the Browns traded for Odell, I went. My my wife recorded me. I was a little emotional, started crying. She recorded me and uh, posted on Twitter, and that went absolutely viral, of course. So, thirty million people 
saw me crying about Brown trading for Odell. And in hindsight, I wish I would have never even uh, had the TV on that day. So I don't know. <laughs> Just uh, loving, loving this year, loving being a Browns fan. Uh, you know, this year is exciting. Um, just hope we can keep it together for the first 12 games. So. And you, you were actually on the podcast I was doing prior to this one with me shortly after that video went viral. I think you, yeah, you came was, on uh, with me and, I and Chad. It. Yeah, you probably were on a lot of podcasts <laughs> then, though. <laughs> yeah, a couple of them. Yeah, but more, uh, more, a lot of people recognizing me just for that guy that was crying, you know, so that was fun. But, you know, it was, uh, was kind of cool. A little 10 seconds of, you know, fame. I guess good publicity or bad publicity, it's still publicity, so. Well, I... Uh, I'll say it. There's nothing wrong with uh, with showing some emotion. So, um, so I know you've heard that probably from a lot of people, and the other guys just don't say anything. So, anyways, um, that's cool. And that Josh Gordon season, he did. He only how many games did he play that season? What was it um, twelve or fourteen? I think it was like twelve, wasn't it? You put up those numbers. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, was it what the Steelers? He did it again with the Jaguars. It was insane. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was crazy. He was um, uh, dominant as an understatement, definitely. So yeah, yeah. So, um, so we got a little bit of Browns news. Uh, just just a couple things I saw, guys. Um, I guess uh, Cade York is up for the Rookie of the Week. Um, he's nominated for that. I don't know when that gets announced. I just happened to see some see something on that. So I don't know who's going to beat him. I mean, he he won the game for the Browns, so just give him the award. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk more Cade York. Um, let's talk about the uh, couple of roster moves the Browns made. They uh, they um, they parted ways with Herb Miller from the practice squad, and they signed uh, Chester Rogers, a uh, wide receiver. Um, this guy's got some experience. Uh, I think he's this will. I think this will be a seventh season. He's got uh, 1,500 yards receiving in the NFL and six touchdowns. But I I watched uh, the highlights that I could find of him, and um, I, I think it's possible the Browns are looking for him maybe to be a return man. Um, that you know he may get a shot at that. Uh, it depends where you look. He's anywhere from 5'11 to 6'1. I saw 5'11, foot, 6'1, about 185. Um, he, he looks pretty fast. He's shifty. Um, you know, he, he's, he's got good moves. Um, you know, uh, I think uh, I'm struggling a little bit with this because I think the Browns have some pretty darn good re- receivers already on the practice squad, potentially. Um, they don't have the experience this guy does. Can he catch but a punt? Yeah, but it, yeah, that's <laughs> probably the difference. Um, this guy, this guy, you know, um, may have more experience in the return game, so so he might get a shot there. So, you guys have any any uh, thoughts on Chester Rogers? Anything you may have seen or or thoughts you think? Um, and we can just go right into the return game here. Do you think there's a need to bring somebody right, you know, onto uh, onto the 53 for the return game? What What are your thoughts, Jeff? 
I, I see a need, but I don't know that um, the Browns feel like it's a it's a pressing need. Um, you know, Demetric Felton's going to get every chance to to <laughs> fail or, or you know work the bugs out. Um, but man, it, it was it was dicey this week. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, I mean, Felton Muff, what, the first three punts. Um, I do like Felton a lot. I'm not sure if he is right for the return game with, you know, guys like DPJ and, you know, uh, Deionis Johnson around the team. But honestly, the first, you can't run the ball unless you catch the ball. So give me someone who can catch. If Felton's right. not the guy, let's give someone else a chance. So. Yeah, how about, uh, I mean, Ford returned, um, was he back there on all the kickoffs, or was it just one? I'm um, I'm not sure. I know he ran a kickoff out uh, pretty mm. well. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they don't like him on punts. Yeah. So, um, so maybe they're just looking at him as a kickoff guy. But it mm-hmm. seems like they have some options. Uh, but they probably don't want to stick DPJ back there after what he did as a receiver in the first game, right. especially. So, right. So um so we'll see. See what happens there. But um yeah, the uh the other move that the Browns made is they signed cornerback Thomas Graham Jr. um from the Bears practice squad to to the Browns fifty three. Um he was a sixth round pick in twenty one. Um five he's five eleven. So um so Jeff, we're trying to get more guys close to that 510 range again. Thank God. Um, even though he doesn't play receiver. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> I think uh, this guy has uh, he has some definite potential. Um, from from what I saw now, um, he he really flashed in his first NFL game and, and uh, the play that he had, um, you know, the I'm not I can't remember how many games he's actually played. And, and, you know, in the league, but, uh, but he's got, you know, I think he has like 13 tackles and four, um, pass breakups and, and pretty limited action. So, um, he seems like a guy who, uh, who, um, you know, has, has been up to the task so far. And it seemed kind of like from what I saw that, um, the Bears have kind of almost, uh, seems like they've mismanaged his career a little bit and some people are kind of a little ticked off at what they've done with him. So, um, the Browns may have somebody. He's also from, uh, he's from Oregon. Um, and, uh, I just, I was talking to Alex Saplin and he, he said he actually note or he said he drank with him at college. So, um, for what that <laughs> probably, probably doesn't <laughs> narrow it down much. Could be one time. Right. Say how often. <laughs> Um, yeah, but pretty cool. So, um, so, so yeah, I mean, uh, this guy comes in and plays like, uh, I mean, you know, he's a sixth round pick who was on a practice squad somewhere. So, you know, I, I, you can't mm-hmm. expect him to come in and, and, you know, play like Denzel Ward, but, um, it sounds like he's got a pretty decent ceiling, mm-hmm. um, from, from what I can tell. Um, from not actually seeing him play yet. <laughs> yeah. 
just from what I've read. So um, thoughts I mean, thoughts on that was, move? Yeah, I can see him as like a depth guy, uh, especially with Greedy being out. Did they put him on the IR? I think they did. Yeah, I think Greedy has to be out for like, what, four games, I think. Yeah, yeah so I think, it, I mean, next man up, I mean, MJ in there, I think Greedy was, or uh, not Greedy, not Greedy. Uh, Green has had a phenomenal camp. So if they can find anybody who can just be that, that fifth guy or sixth guy who can come in to, you know, make plays and live in his snaps and get an opportunity, I'm all for it. I think that's really cool, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they obviously liked him better than Herb Miller. Um, um, you know, I'm just I keep going back to the, the I think Miller. Brought... Go ahead. I thought uh, did they signed him back to it. Did they sign Herb Miller back to the practice squad? I haven't seen that. No. Yeah, I, th- I think they did. That's what I, I thought I saw that. Okay, I knew there was, there was talk of it, so I wasn't Unless sure. it just but... happened recently. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I just uh, go back to the Herb Miller, Sean Jolly competition, and they both end up going to the practice squad. But uh, apparently, right. pretty tight on that. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I think both those guys have some some upside. So um, uh, to me, the Browns are are sitting pretty good at corner when they can still keep those guys on the practice squad and you know and bring somebody else in, you know, um, while Greedy's out. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting when Greedy comes back, you know, see what happens. But uh but as we know uh Herb was not... I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, the Browns said that they signed it back to the front two hours ago. They did. Okay. 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 I didn't see that. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right, that yeah might still... I'm sorry for it. That's all right. That's all right. We allow that. We allow that. I'm I'm just a little surprised that a a guy off of somebody else's practice squad can make our top five at cornerback. How how quickly things have changed. Right. I I think that um I th- I think this guy's got real upside. I think he does. Um so yeah I think it's probably somebody the Browns had had their eye on. Um you know and uh and you know and, and just took the shot when you know, when they needed to. So, um, you know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we will, we'll see what happens. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let, let's go into the Carolina game now, guys, and then um, we'll get into some other things uh, related to players while we're talking about that. So um, let's, let's look at our score predictions first from last <laughs> week. Um because we all had this pretty close. Yeah, we were um, all pretty close. Uh, Luis had uh, 23-20 mm-hmm. um, Browns, and um, I, I guess uh, I guess we're giving him the win because it was 26-24. So, and he had the the highest score picked, uh, the right. closest to it. So, so Luis. Our guest generally beats both of us. It, it normally happens. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Um, <laughs> And uh, the over/under was um, was what 42. 40, 42, and it was the over, and yeah, yeah and, and uh, Luis took the over, and we both took the under, so Luis mm-hmm. won the score and the over/under. Yeah. Um. So we'll yeah. be uh, we'll be washing Luis's car for the 
rest of the year. Yeah, I, I had 17-16 and you had 20-17, but we both had we both had the Browns winning on a Cade York field goal. Right. So we did nail that part of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I kept waiting for that pick six you called. I, I know it's open. disappointing. Yeah, yeah, it was that. That was probably the the main disappointment in the game was that there wasn't a pick six. Yeah, and there were plenty of opportunities. Um, there were, there were. So, so um, let's let's just get some general thoughts as, as to what stood out to you guys in this game. Um, and Ryan, I'll let, I'll let you lead it off. Um, kind of just from watching the whole game, what what really stood out to you about the about the game? Um, first, I was really impressed with the defensive line. I thought there was a lot of questions, uh, especially into your defensive line. But I think, you know, the young guys, for the most part, held McCaffrey and Ishak, I think, going in late in the first half. It was, you know, they had six total yards of offense for a while there. Um, other than a couple, you know, small errors that ended up in big plays, McCaffrey with a muff punt going 30 yards. And then, obviously, the – this coverage with Robbie Anderson, I thought the defense paid phenomenal. Um, really, really good play, especially by Miles Garrett. Um, didn't hear Denzel Ward's name at all, which is a good thing because that means he was doing his job. Same with much of the corners, so I thought that was pretty exciting. Um, Quarterback-wise, honestly, I mean, they say Jacoby's a game manager. I agree. I mean, he kept this in the game. Kind of almost lost it there at the end. I mean, but we were in the game at the end. Um, I'm glad he's not the guy for the rest of the season, hopefully. Um, I'm not sure if he's really, really cut out to be a starter in the NFL, but for a backup, he's really, really good, and we won the game. So I'm excited about that, too. And obviously, Cade York. I mean, I lost my voice on Sunday. I was screaming so hard. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know what more you could expect out of Cade York. Um, right. Four for four with the with the fifty eight yarder to win it. Um, and I was uh, I was just reading. Uh, Ashley Bastock wrote an uh, an extensive article about Cade York and his. Uh, he set the record at LSU with a with a fifty seven yarder. So in his first game in the NFL, he's already kicked a longer field goal than he did in college. So that was kind yeah, of interesting. Um, but, but yeah, um, McCaffrey, um, 57 total yards. Uh, I mean, he, he scored a touchdown, but 57 yards on 14 touches. You do mm-hmm. that to McCaffrey, you're, you're usually yeah. going to be in good shape. Um, and, you know, and the other thing is the Browns only gave up uh, um, one sack. Mm-hmm. So, so definitely. So, uh, so Jeff, what? Uh, before I take all the good things, um, <laughs> what were you? What were your? Uh, what were your thoughts? I mean, the things that stood out to you in this game? Yeah, I, I thought it was a, a pretty low stress game until you know, late in the fourth quarter. Um, it felt like the Browns were really in control for the bulk of the game. Um, the score, you know, wasn't as lopsided, I think, as it could have been. Um, but the defense really played well. As you said, they, they really controlled what Carolina was trying to do on offense. And it looked like, you know, how we sort of expect this defense to play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, like Ryan said, you know, in the second half, they, there were some breakdowns that, that led to some big plays for Carolina. But 
um, you know, all in all, um, I think we saw what our defense is going to be capable of once they really put it all together. You know, offensively, I mean, you know, Nick Chubb owned the game. Um, Nick Chubb was unstoppable again. Um, the offensive line blocked extremely well. Um, James Hudson had a great day. Um, and you know what Jacoby Brissett is, is that's what you're going to get from him. You know, I, I think he probably missed on a couple that he, you know, he, he wishes he had another, another chance at, um, you know, the one early, um, was it to, I think it was to Amari Cooper on the sideline, um, that he just overthrew him. Um, you know, that's, a, that's a touchdown if he just doesn't let it, you know, get too much air under it. Um, but all in all, you know, I, I'm really happy with the fact that, that he didn't make mistakes. He played clean. Um, you know, I, I saw him actually throw a ball away that I think in the past we would have probably seen intercepted. Um, you know, just making good decisions that, that, that protected the ball. I mean, he came close to throwing a couple of other interceptions, but um, just good decision making. And I think from a coaching staff's perspective, that's that's what they want. They want to know what they're getting. They want to avoid the the big play, the big mistake, um, and keep themselves in the game. And you know what? If 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 we had just kicked the field goal in the first quarter, um, it wouldn't have been nearly as high stress at the end of the game. So hopefully the takeaway from that is coach, um, trust your kicker, take the points. This offense can't um, pass up on uh, an opportunity to score a field goal. Yeah, there's there's not much reason not to trust the kicker at this point. Right. Um, right. So so Jeff Jacoby Brissett, 18 of 34, 147 yards, one touchdown, um, no no picks, no fumbles. Um, what did he pick up? One fourth down on a sneak. Um, mm-hmm. He only, he only took one sack. Um, where do you, and, and it's hard to say because, you know, this, this is game one and we didn't see him much in the preseason, but, um, just, just from what you saw in this game, um, how, how much better do you think he can, he can be, you know, in other words, I, I guess I'm asking how much of the, the incompletions, um, and, and, some of the little things that he missed, how much of that do you attribute to, to this being the first game? Yeah, I think there's, there's still a lack of timing there, um, yeah. a lack of familiarity. Um, so over the next few weeks, hopefully we're going to see the passing game improve. Um, but man, there were some great plays, um, mm-hmm. you know, some really nice, nicely thrown balls um, to DPJ um, Anthony Schwartz had a nice catch. Um, yeah, the, you can see the signs there, but I think part of it, you're right, is just the fact that there's just not enough uh, game time together yet. Yeah. And so, so Ryan, what? I'm gonna let you join in on this. Kind of, um, you you don't sound real excited about Jacoby Brissett, and I, and I understand that because you know he's he's not the starter. He, he you know he was meant to be nothing more than a guy to come in and fill this gap, you know, and be a backup. But where do you see his his ceiling? You know, um, you know, what do you see as you know maybe one of the better games he could put up? Right. Um. 
I mean, I'm not a I, I don't dislike Jacoby, first of all. I think I mean yeah, I think sure. he's a decent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, when you look at Nick Chubb in his prime and Miles Garrett in his prime, and it's not you know, it's not to his fault, but you know, he's a game manager. I mean the stats that you told you know, you spit out hundred and what do you say, forty yards and about half his incompletions and half completions. Um mm-hmm. I just I'm not impressed. I mean, I love his heart. I love that he is passionate. I saw that he was crying after the game. I think that's really cool. I just uh I mean, against really good teams or prepared teams, I'm afraid that, you know, for every one good thing he does, there might be two bad things he does as well. So I don't know. I'm a little nervous, um, but I have faith in him, and I have faith in the coaching staff, and I want him to succeed. So it's hard for me to put a ceiling on it when, you know, logically I think, well, okay, I just hope we stay in it with him. And my heart's like, man, I hope he destroyed the team. You know, I hope that, you know, Amari Cooper goes off 200 yards. It's just uh, – I'm excited for Deshaun Watson. I'm excited for a top five quarterback with this team of superstars. So, right, yeah. You know, you know, Rod. We we talked last week about uh, the difference between a 20 point offense and a 30 point offense, right? And and that it's probably going to take some time to to see the 30 point offense from the the Cleveland Browns. I mean, that's that's what we're building toward, right? you know, if if they kick the field goal in the first quarter, they scored 29 points. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. they're right. They're right there, even though it was ugly. You know, uh, to be able to score those that that kind of number in the NFL should win you most weeks. You know, especially with the kind of defense that we have. Um, right. It's not pretty. Um, you know, Nick Chubb had our our biggest plays from scrimmage. Uh, that's the difference is, you know, we, we, we weren't able to vertically get big chunks and, and, and throw the ball for touchdowns in, in big chunks, you know, so that, I think that's the part of the offense that we're all missing that, you know, that we want to see. Um, and I don't think it's fair to expect Jacoby to do that, especially in the first few weeks. Um, but I, I think we've seen enough from the offense to know that they're going to put us in games week in and week out. Um, if our defense rises to the occasion, all four quarters, um, I like our chances, even though we're probably not going to have that super dynamic offense, maybe not even this year. Yeah. And I, I think you're, you're right on target. If, if the Browns score 26 to 29 every week with this defense, I think you take right. the chances. Yeah, and sure. you have to remember, I you know I don't know what all changes Carolina made, but they had a good defense last year. So I, you know this this was not a scrub defense they were going up against. Now, granted, Browns defense pretty well shut the Panthers' offense down in the first half, so right. you know that helps the offense out. But um, you know, for me, for Jacoby Brissett, I I don't expect a lot more, but I think. I think that once he gets that familiarity, I think, you know, maybe if he throws 34 times, maybe he completes, you know, 21 or 22 out of 34. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, instead of 18, and that could, that could make a difference. Maybe he throws for another 50 yards. Um, 
But the, yeah. the main thing I liked about him was that he he uh, he took care of the football. You know, right. when you got a good defense, um, you know, let you let your defense and your running game um, win the game, which which under no- normal circumstances they would have done uh, pretty easily in this game because the Browns won this game in almost every every aspect. You know, they they outrushed them 217 to 54. They had um, 17 minutes more of, uh, you know, uh, possession time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they won the turnover battle. 50% uh, more plays. <laughs> yeah, the plays. Yeah, I mean, Crazy. everything they did, they should have won this game easily. It was but, totally ball control. Ball control. Yeah. It was, yeah. you know, that's the game that, that we want to play with our with our backs, you know. And, and the other thing I just want to go back to, um, we mentioned quickly about the fourth down conversion with Jacoby keeping the ball and getting that yard. When's the last time we saw that? Oh, that the Browns made one with yeah. the quarterback's name? Yeah. I don't remember the last time, you know, we saw one of those. I mean, and and I feel pretty confident in his ability to do that. He's a bigger guy. Yeah, he's just a bigger guy. Um, you know, he's able to he's able to fall forward for a yard. Well, they they, they talked the, the the game announcers talked a little bit about, you know, him apprenticing under um, Brady and, and learning how to, you know, leverage his size and, and get low and 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 get that yard, you know, versus. I think we've seen in the past where the, 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 the best case scenario, we don't get it. Worst case scenario, we're fumbling because we're bouncing <laughs> off our own linemen. So, yeah. you know, it's just good to see, uh, you know, a, a an important play like that be converted well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So um, I got to tell you guys, when I did not have stats in front of me and was just watching the game, um, I was out at a bar and I got to tell you guys, it, it was challenging because I was watching it on one TV and the Pittsburgh uh, Cincinnati game was on another TV and the, uh, the, the, um, the Colts game, I can't remember who they were playing was on another TV and these games were all close. And every time I looked away, something would happen in the Browns game. Um, I tried to watch the Browns game as clo- closely as I could, but they they credited the Browns with four sacks, and I could have sworn I counted six, um, six times that Baker went down. So I don't know, I was off somewhere, mm. but because I yeah. thought Miles had like two and a half, and he got credit for two, but um, st- still a nice start. So um, pretty happy yeah. with that. But um, w- what I did want to do, guys, is uh, is go over a um, couple things from the game. Um, uh, I won't spend a ton of time on this, but I got uh, snap counts from the game. And uh, I don't. Did you guys see snap counts at all? No. Okay. So. Okay. So. Uh, so. Um, the defense played fifty-three plays. Um, offense played eighty. So um, one guy played all fifty-three snaps on defense, and. Um, Ryan, we'll start with you on this. Who who do you think played all fifty three snaps on defense? Um, I'm gonna say Denzel Ward. Um, I'm just gonna say that's incorrect because I didn't write him down. Or yeah, actually, he played forty five. Yeah, 
Okay. Just kind of in the middle of the group. Um, we'll give you we'll give you another shot. I mean, I don't know if Miles came off the field. So I'm um, <laughs> bad at this game. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. Miles actually played forty five also. Um time, which which is I think like eighty five percent of the plays. So um so there's no pressure here. Jeff, do you have any thoughts on who you think may have played? I'm going to say it was JOK. Uh, JOK played 45. Okay. I was going to say that's funny. Huh. <laughs> all right. So my next guess would be Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit played all 53 snaps. Okay. Interesting. Um, and I'll just go over the rest of the, some of these and see if any of these are a shock to you guys. Uh, John Johnson played 52. Um. So those two guys were out there for, well, we'll just say the whole game. John Johnson missed one snap. Um, wow. uh, Newsom played 48 to, towards 45. Um, we said JOK and Garrett. Um, Clowney, 44 to Garrett's 45. Uh, Taven Bryan uh, played the most of the DTs at 44. Um, MJ Emerson played 42 snaps. Um, Jordan Elliott played 41, and um, uh, Winfrey Winfrey played five snaps, so they're kind of easing him in. Yeah. So, any of those surprise you guys? I thought Jordan Elliott had a great game, um, and it was nice to see the interior, to, like, like Ryan mentioned before, um, being able to hold Christian McCaffrey in check, especially early on. Um, yeah, like I said, it was just, it was, you know, a couple of big miscommunications that, that led to, you know, those big plays by Carolina. And I think it was just between the safeties and the, and the corners, you know, who was, who was going to be covering deep. Um, yeah. but man, otherwise the defense looked, looked really stout. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought Taven Bryant did play really well i thought the uh the call against him for roughing the passer was not not roughing the passer personally but yeah i don't i don't get that one yeah for uh for somebody who was i think he was a late round first round pick with the jaguars and then never they didn't pick up his option and never really lived up to his potential he looked really really good out there on sunday so i'm Mm -hmm. excited to see too um i'd like to see his snap count go up a little bit even he's uh he played well so Guys, it's just an example of how the uh, you can't look at the stat sheet for defensive tackles because all right. four of the defensive tackles either had one tackle or a, or a, or an assist in that game. Nothing right. shows up on the stat sheet, mm-hmm. but they did their job. You know, they occupied guys and and Miles and uh, you know uh, particularly Miles. Miles had a really nice game and and um, you know I I don't know what do you guys think of Clowney in the game. Yeah, obviously I think he got held on, on the touchdown oh, where Baker yeah. ran up the middle. Right, I was so mad. <laughs> it made for a lot of drama, though, so they let it go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> McCaffrey owners on Fantasy were mad. I took him first, first overall, so missed out on the touchdown there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, 
um, let's let's go over offense real quick, guys, on the snap count. Um, everybody on offensive line and Jacoby Brissett, they played um, 100% of the snaps, all 80 snaps. So so who was next with 71 snaps? And, Jeff, I'll let you go first on this one. Um, boy, it seemed like David Njoku was out there a lot, mostly blocking. It was David Njoku. Very good. Um, and then uh, you want me just um, you want me just name the rest of them for you guys instead sure. of yeah. making you yeah. making you go through all this stuff. Um, DPJ and Amari Cooper both played sixty six snaps. Uh, Kareem Hunt um, forty five. Nick Chubb forty two. Um, the interesting thing is uh, Schwartz played twenty three. Um, David Bell played twenty two. I don't really remember seeing David Bell. Did he? He didn't get a target in the game, did he? No, that's that's what I was going to say. He was like the forgotten man. Yeah, I was. I really, I couldn't have told you if he was even out there, and he was out there um, almost as many plays as, as Schwartz was. Really? Yeah. So, um, a couple other things. Um, Michael Michael Dunn played eleven snaps as tight end number three hmm. or, or offensive lineman number six however you want to name that right so um they used him and while well, jesse james played five snaps of course he hadn't been around long maybe he's still learning the playbook yeah so um ryan any thoughts on those offensive snap counts um no, no. I mean, honestly, Njoku being out there whole, the whole time kind of surprised me. I mean, especially with Bryant out there as well. I mean, you'd think that they would intermingle a little more or switch out, but um, nothing, nothing too crazy, no. Yeah, I didn't write Bryant Bryant's uh, snap count down, but I know it was less than that. I think he was in the, I think he was in the probably in the thirties or forties, so somewhere in there. Um, right. Um, do one more thing, and then we're gonna then we'll go to uh, then we'll go to the JETS game, guys. Um, yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about some PFF grades because uh, because one of the Browns players, uh, one uh, Jedrick Wills, is kind of getting. Uh, crushed on Twitter uh, by some people. Some people are sticking up for him, but everybody's like, I'm seeing a lot of stuff about he stinks, he's awful, um, he's not trying, um, he doesn't care, and all this stuff. Um, I, I don't know what you guys thought. I mean, you know, he's he, he was getting pushed around some in the game, but... Um, I don't know if he gave up the sack or not. I'm not sure the one sack that the Browns took, if he gave it up or not. But, guys, it was one sack. It's not like he, he gave up six sacks in the game and, you know, and it was awful the whole time. So um, I just I wanted to go over some PFF grades that some guys got in this game and and just, just to kind of uh, – put some things in perspective and I know PFF isn't the end all I've, I've never believed it is but uh, um, 
Jed Wills was uh, graded at a 51.7. Um, Ethan Posick, which I haven't heard anybody say anything about, um, but he couldn't have been too awful for the way the Browns played and the way the Browns ran the ball and the way they didn't give up, uh, you know, a lot of pressures. Um, he had a 51.3, um, lower than Wills. Um, Petonio only had a 59 in this game. Um, and then uh, let's go to uh, who's, who else was I going to say? Oh, Jacoby Brissett had a 46.9. Murray Cooper had a 53.4. David Bell, a 46.1. And that, that's just on the offense, guys. Um, we can't start getting rid of guys based on how they play in one game or how they're graded in one game or how they look in one game, right? No. Well, look, I think the, the expectations are, are really high for Wills because of where he was drafted, obviously. Um, we knew going in that he was making a big adjustment going from the right side to the left. Um, he was hurt last year. Um, you know what? It, yeah, he had some 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 plays where he got beat badly. Um, it's a little early, you know. Again, with with players who are drafted in an organization to cut bait early, like like first game of, of year three. Um, yeah. Especially when you look at the fact that um, both Conklin and um, Hubbard were inactive this week, you know we're we're not deep enough at tackle that, that we can start talking about letting go of you know our our high first round draft choice left tackle because he's he played a bad game. Right. Um, now, if, if it turns in to you know week in and week out maybe that's a different conversation but the question is you know his heart and you know his work ethic and so forth is i think that's a little bit unfair at this point yeah i agree um i heard uh it was joe thomas earlier was talking about this on uh, the fan and he was basically saying that you know everyone sees this one play where jed it didn't do well, and all of a sudden, it's oh, he's he's not a good tackle now. But in fact, you know, ninety nine or you know, eighty percent of the snaps were really good, and you know, he did really good things. But we focus on one certain instance, and that's that is unfair. Um, right. I think I think uh, Jeff was spot on when he said it's a, a situation of you know, expectations where he was drafted, um, but I don't think he's had a fair shake. And I think he deserves that fair shake. So, and, and and I mean everybody says, but it's the expectations of playing left tackle in Cleveland too. You know. Um, well, there you go. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he wasn't drafted to be a Hall of Famer. He's drafted to be, you know, a, a, a hopefully a good left tackle for the Browns. Um, right. You know, a better than adequate left tackle. You don't just because you take a guy in the first round uh, doesn't mean he's the next Joe Thomas. 
Right. It just doesn't. I mean, there was there was one guy like that. <laughs> you know? That's it. The Browns the yeah. Browns hit on that pick. And they've missed on a lot of other ones. Um but but yeah. Um if Joe Thomas isn't ripping him, I'm you know, I'm pretty comfortable with him being out there. <laughs> yeah, you know, your 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 point is well made, Rod, about the fact that everybody had some pretty low scores in that game. Um the offense, even though they, they as we said, they scored enough points and ran the ball effectively. Um the offense just looked a, a little bit off in that game. Just, you know, not firing on all cylinders. And that's going to result in bad PFF grades. You know, I mean, guys yeah. just didn't didn't get it done as a group. So, look, you give, give them a few more weeks, and, you know, I think we're going to start to see what the, the offense is really capable of under Jacoby. Um, and like we've said a hundred times, it's, it's, it's not going to be, you know, super uh, high potency offense, but should be good enough to win in the NFL. Right. So what, yeah. uh, what about the option? What do you guys think about, you know, Cochran is coming off a major injury. Um, what about throwing wills over to right tackle and then having Conklin or Hudson, go to left tackle, do you think that Wills will be more comfortable and therefore be more effective and efficient? Or, you know, don't want to mess with uh, the chemistry of the line? Yeah, man, I would leave that up to the uh, to the offensive line coaches, uh, you know, um, to know where to play him. I, I would think they would leave him where he is after, you know, after working with him on one switch. But, um, right. you know, I mean, they, they know the players way better than than we do and you know whether yeah. he would be comfortable going back to right or not but i mean it, it's hard to say i mean you just you know jeff jeff was talking about james hudson earlier i mean a lot of people were just saying what an awful pick he was you know early when he had to be out there and you know and he took some lumps and it's like um man he, he had the second highest grade on on the old line this week mm-hmm. you know so um, I think you just you got to give these guys some chance, you know, a chance. He, he is coming back from an injury, um, you know. I mean, just man, let him settle in and 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 just see. And again, he he doesn't have to be perfect. And he's just he just got to be he's just got to be you know decent to good out there um, with the rest right. of the offensive line. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, I'm gonna defer to the guy who most people considered to be the best offensive line coach in the NFL. Um, and if he feels like Jed Wills is one of our five best linemen and needs to be a left right. tackle, then, then that's where he needs to play. Right. And, and like you said, if, if right tackle opens and they think it's good to move him there and they think somebody else is better at left, then, then fine. But yeah, I wouldn't, yep. I wouldn't propose that. You know, I would I would let the Browns do it if they think if they think it works better. But I just don't know because you got James Hudson playing right and and Will's playing left. To, to switch those two guys just seems kind of um, I don't know. Seems like a lot. I, I don't know. Um, I guess I guess uh, Hudson did play some left last year, didn't he? Yes. I, mean, I guess he's played some, but yes. uh, but yeah, he's probably played more right. <laughs> 
<sighs> yeah. Um, overall, I mean, you know, we can we can talk about this, but the offensive line still played pretty well. You know, to to for for what they did in the running game, and you know, and to only give up one sack. Um, sure, they could have been more dominant, but um, they played really well. So. Right. I'm surprised that Patino actually scored that low. Uh, I thought he had a couple of really good blocks. He had a really good pull block uh, when they was when they were rolling right. I thought that was really good. I'm probably pretty pretty surprised he was that low. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think these PFF grades can be tough. I mean, you guys you guys saw um, Nick Chubb play. Nick Chubb got a 79.3. I'm thinking, what? <laughs> Nick Chubb's out there doing stuff that other people just don't do, and you give him a seventy-nine point three. I mean, I I guess it's a good score, but you know, um, you know, Wyatt Wyatt Teller got what an eighty-five point nine. Yeah, it's just it's hard to fathom, and I don't know how the scores are calculated, guys. So, mm-hmm. anyways, let's move on to the to the Jets. Okay, um, just kind of. Look at what the Browns have coming up in their home opener next Sunday. Um, Jets kind of got spanked by the Ravens, uh, twenty-four to nine. Um, it's kind of an unusual game. Um, let's see, um, Lamar really won this game throwing the ball. Um, three touchdowns, one pick. Um, Seventeen. 17 to 30 for 213 yards with with three touchdowns uh, to a couple of his wide receivers. Um, the Ravens' top rusher is Kenyon Drake, 11 rushes for 31 yards. Um, and then you look at um, what the uh, what the Jets did, and the Browns' DBs. I, I know the Jets have some young wide receivers that are pretty good, but they're young. Um, Joe Flacco threw the ball 59 times for the Jets. <laughs> you're going to come in and throw 59 times against the Browns DBs. You're going to throw some picks. Right. Um, you know, and you're going to get sacked too. Um, yeah. He was 37 to 59 for a touchdown and an interception. And uh, Michael Carter, their running back, ran the ball 10 times for 60 yards. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, I think this game sets up, uh, I mean, not that, not that any of us was circling this as, you know, as a tough game or anything, but this game sets up pretty well for the Browns, I think, for a team to come in and think they're going to light up the Browns through the air on defense. That's how I see it, so. um, Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is, is Flacco threw the ball that many times and, and threw for 307 yards, but um, he only managed one late touchdown. I mean, the, they basically didn't score almost the entire game. <laughs> so it's so one of those anomalies you look at statistically in the NFL where it looks like, you know, that the, the Jets walked all over the Ravens offensively, but they didn't score any points, you know, so um I guess you, know, you could say that's a bend but don't break defense or whatever. But um, yeah. I agree, Rod. That you know, if if they think that that's the winning formula for them in the NFL to to have Joe Flacco throwing the ball fifty nine times, um, I, I think our defense has got to be pretty excited about playing against them. 
Oh, I bet these guys can't wait to. And whoever's back there, um, I don't know if you know if it's going to be Delpit or or uh, John Johnson, whatever. I mean, whoever's playing center field in the corners, they got to be ready for this. Going up against young young wide receivers and the guy who's just back there, just firing the ball all over the place. Yeah, that's yeah. They got to be just licking their chops, man. <laughs> right, especially reception uh, already. So he's looking for another one, and I bet that uh, him and John Johnson probably have a little competition or something to see who gets more. So it should be fun. Yeah, you you think they have one, or you think they they should have one? I mean, I bet they do. They uh, I watch a lot of building the Browns and stuff. They they always have little bets going on and stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So um, this isn't any kind of a competition or anything, but who do you guys think is going to lead the Browns in picks this year? Um, obviously, Delpit's on with one already, but I don't know that I would have picked him to lead the mm-hmm. team. Right. So uh, I think I think Howard has a good chance. Uh, obviously, uh, if his health stays the way and stays good, I think he has a really good chance as a ball hawk. And he uh, makes really nice plays on the ball. So I'm excited to watch him some more. Who's that? Uh, Denzel. Denzel, yeah. 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 I mean, he's he's probably the safe pick. So, Jeff, would you go a different direction on that? No, I'm not going to bet against Denzel. No, I wouldn't either. But, um, <laughs> but you have to think that some of the other guys may get more balls thrown in their direction. Right. That's true. So they might get more shots. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't bet against Denzel either, but I feel like it could be any of, you know, any of probably any of the four or five guys, mm-hmm. depending on how the ball bounces sometimes. Yeah. Because, you know, there are some of those picks that kind of one guy touches or balls that bounce and things like that. So. And you got JOK and Phillips out there, too, looking to catch the ball. So. JOK could end up with a few, a few of those too. Um, right. I don't know. There's something about MJ Emerson. Um, it'd be hard to pick him to lead the team as a rookie, but I don't know. There's something about that guy. He's. I think he's going to make, you know, quite a few big plays over the course of the season while he's kind of learning what he's doing there. I was excited for him because I thought he was a bruiser. I thought he'd love to hit, and now, you know, I'm also seeing that he can, you know. Get the ball out of the air. I'm just really, really excited for MJ. Should be fun to watch all year. So he should be, and yeah, um, yeah. I feel like uh, th- this opening with Greedy not playing, you know, not being out there. Um, yeah, I think uh, he's really got a chance to just kind of uh, prove that he belongs out there, you know, and probably probably stay out there. Honestly, that's kind of how mm-hmm. I feel about it. So yeah. Um, so, uh, we've kind of talked about the, uh, the Jets and that, but, um, do you guys, uh, I'll just go to you on this, Jeff, and then we'll probably, we'll probably just move into score predictions. What do the Browns have to do against the Jets? Um, anything different from what they did last week other than, um, score on their opportunities and not, you know, and not give up a few of them? I, I think the defense just needs to play a complete game. Uh, um, I think the offense is going to be what it is. 
the defense showed in the first half what they're capable of. They just need to clean up a couple of things late in the game. Um, and they put up a dominant performance. And that's what I hope to see this week. Um, Brian, do you have anything anything different? Anything you'd like to, to add as far as what you're looking for out of the Browns this week? Just to piggyback off that, I think just uh, optimizing turnovers. I think uh, Miles had a strip sack that he almost landed on. Just mm-hmm. if you would have landed on that, just small things like that uh, yep. could really, really change the game. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry, guys. I'm looking up the line. You, had you looked at this line yet, Jeff? No, I'm not. Uh, I think uh, Browns are. Six and a half point favorites. Yeah. And um, the over-under is 41.5. All right, you guys ready for some some predictions here? Yep. Um, Ryan, we always, we let the guests go first on this too. How exciting is that? (laughs) How exciting? (laughs) (laughs) I think, first off, I think, I think the over will hit. Um, I think I think our defense will put us in the opportunity to either score from defense or at least get some field goals from Cade York. So I, I'm going to take the over. Um, with that, I would say I'm going to get the Browns 30, Jets 14. I think uh, – the Browns are going to score a lot more. Uh, I don't think the Jets defense is uh, going to keep up with Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt going into the late late of the game, and I think they are going to run down their throats. So, you saying our guys are better than Kenyon Drake? Contrary to popular <laughs> popular belief, yeah, I think so. I've had Kenyon Drake in fantasy before. They are better. But, yeah, <laughs> nothing against them personally, but. So, uh, so Jeff, what do you think? Yeah, I, I wrote down twenty nine ten, and I'm going to go with the under again um, because I believe this is the week that our defense plays that complete game, um, and Cade York is going to get that fifth field goal. Nice, nice. Okay, well, I wrote my score down um, kind of as Ryan was talking before you guys gave your scores, so don't think I was copying off you guys or anything. <laughs> um, I've, I've got the Browns 31 to 10. Um, I just feel like they're going to score some touchdowns this week, whether it's passing or running. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to, I think Cade York's going to mostly be kicking the extra points this week. That's just kind of how I'm feeling. Um, so you're you're just squeaking under as well. I'm just squeaking under by half a point. So we're under and Ryan's <laughs> over. This is just exactly the way we predicted it last week. And um, yep. so so Ryan, um, I would feel pretty good about your prediction if I were you. <laughs> I actually had to do some math in my head to make sure I hit the over there. So yeah, there you go. Say. <laughs> He said it over and he gave the Browns 30. I know he's thinking about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, the main thing is uh, we all got the Browns winning comfortably. Let's let's hope that happens, guys. It would be yep. fun to just watch a, watch a good game and um, 
you know, maybe maybe get some uh, maybe get some other guys in in the fourth quarter and get them some experience. Wouldn't that be fun? So, yeah, that'd be cool. So, uh, so uh, Ryan, let's uh, let's get some closing thoughts from you. And again, everybody can follow you at Dynasty Clee. And um, anything you'd yep. like to leave the listeners with? No, I'm just grateful. Sorry, I was a little nervous there. Uh, don't really appear on podcasts too much, so I feel like I talk too fast when I'm nervous. So I apologize for that. But uh, had fun. I'm excited for this week. I'm excited for Katie Dwork to break his 58-yard record this year. And uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just ready to roll, man. I'm excited. It's football yeah. season, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I hope he breaks the 66-yard uh, record this year sometime. So. Right. Yeah. So, so Jeff, uh, closing thoughts? Yeah, let's just get to 2-0. This, this one should be a very low-stress game all, all day long. Amen. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.